0: In a world of confusion and hot topics, we are all looking for answers. Welcome to TAM Talks, a place for real and honest conversation on relevant issues today. And here's your host, Tammy Hotsenpiller.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to TAM Talks. It's so good to have you. Whether you are listening to me today on our podcast or whether you're watching us on our YouTube video, we're so glad you're here. All right, guys, now I'm gonna actually be starting a new series of podcasts. Um, I just was praying the other day on my prayer walk and I've heard so many incredible stories recently of, of breakthroughs and new beginnings and fresh starts. And I was just thanking God for all these stories. As you know, I love hearing people's stories. And I got to thinking about this phrase, the next chapter, the next chapter. And you know, in all of our lives, there's a new chapter. There's a next chapter. Some of us just need a fresh start, and we need to turn the page from the past, and we need to go into what God has for us in the new. The Bible talks about new beginnings. He says that He will make all things new. So what I want to do in this series called The Next Chapter is I want to invite some of my friends into the studio and let you hear their story, their next chapter, how they let the old go and they walked into the new. So my first guest this week is already a dear friend. And Alan, we're so glad to have you. Do you say Giglio? Giglio. Giglio. like, like a. <laughs> Louie.
0: Like Lou, yeah.
1: There we go. I love his new book I'm reading right now. And um, I should know how to pronounce that, you've come on our church staff, you are our pastor of our students, you and your wife, your beautiful wife, Lily. And so it's such an honor to have you here. And I wanted you to be my first interview because I was so moved by your story. matter of fact, I've repeated it to so many people when you came a few months back and you introduced yourself to our young people and you told your story. And I I just want you to share with our listening audience today because your story started like a lot of people's where maybe hopeless or helpless in need and you didn't know God at the time and how God was just hovering over you. He was protecting you. um, And then at the right time, he met you. So let's start before we turn the page to the next chapter. Give us the backstory of your life growing up in LA and a little bit of who you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me here. Excited to be here. Um, Well, I grew up in Mexico. So uh, my childhood was in Mexico. It was a bad environment. Um, My mom was always working. My dad was never home. Uh, Divorced family. Uh, And so kind of just kind of grew up on my own. My aunt and my grandma raised me. Mm -hmm. Came to the US when I was eight. My mom was looking for a better future for my two sisters and myself. Uh, She came here and she had two jobs. Uh, sometimes three to support the support my Mm -hmm. sisters and I and uh, so I was uh, I was in the street and so I started hanging around with uh, bad people and uh, long story short I became addicted to drugs when I was 14 and uh, always longed for a father figure always longed for a a family and to feel loved and to feel wanted and so I found that I found it in the streets and so uh, yeah and so that that led me into a a bad path. I, um, addicted to drugs at 14 and started with weed and I started doing other harder drugs, started drinking a lot of alcohol. And then I got in, I started getting in trouble with the, with the cops. I ended up, um, uh, went to juvenile for, they took me for a day, but then they put me in house arrest for four months. Mm. And, uh, um, it wasn't until I was 19 that I had a radical encounter with the Holy mm. Spirit that completely transformed my mm. life. It was like hitting a, a light switch. Mm. I went from doing drugs every day and just getting into trouble and to preaching the gospel every day to everybody that was around me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, let's take a moment. Let's kind of break some of this down because you touched on something that I think our listeners need to stop right now and think about, and that's the fact that everyone needs love. No. And you were just searching for love. No. And the enemy knows how to give us false love. He knows how to meet needs in our life in unhealthy ways, you know, because we know that our father Mm -hmm. is the father of love and he knows how to give us love, but we're searching for love. So whether you have a child at home right now that's searching for love and you may say, well, that's not my story. You know, we have a good home. We go to church. We're good people, but the enemy knows how to meet the needs of your child, of your loved one, of your spouse, of you. He knows how to come with lies. He's called the father of lies. And all you were looking for was probably love, recognition, acceptance. Mm -hmm. And here was this false love, acceptance coming to you. And I I don't know how deep you wanna go in this podcast, but I know when you were sharing, you talked about being, I think you might've even said you were like in the fourth grade and you were, you were in that bathtub, you were going to take a bath or something, you were home alone. It was the first time that you contemplated possibly taking your life. Was, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I, I want to talk about that because we have to talk about these things. Yeah. I mean, we know that suicide right now is on the rise, opioids are on the rise, kids struggling with their identity is on the rise. And you, as our youth pastor, you deal with this with these kids all the time. Yeah. We're talking fourth grade, Alan. Yeah. The first time the enemy came and he tried to take your life. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember uh it was um I mean, yeah, it was in in fourth grade and uh, I I remember going to the bathroom and just feeling desperate, alone and I felt like nobody cared about me, nobody loved me, mm. all these lies and I remember picking up a knife, going to the bathroom and 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 I was weeping and crying and uh and I just started then this voice came, I remember and I just remember thinking, it's not worth it to take away my life. Mm-hmm. And I remember weeping and crying, and, mm. and I was about to do it. I had the knife in my hand, and I just mm. never did. And I was hoping for the moment that my mom or my dad would show up, yeah. but they just never did.
1: Yeah, But the promptings yeah. and the protection of Holy Spirit did. Yeah. And that's good. That's a good word for someone right now. Because when you're wanting to take out your life or you don't think that God hears you, He sees you, He cares, the promptings are there. The protection is there. He will always protect you, but you have to stop and listen. My mother had this saying when I was a little girl, she'd say, listen with both ears. Listen with both (laughs) ears. And what happens often is we're not listening with both ears. Holy Spirit is with you every day. God is protecting you every day, just like He did you. Yeah. in the fourth grade. So life went on and I, w- I want you to f- tell the story. I've just, I can, I've told it so many times. I hope <laughs> yeah. I'm telling it correctly because I just was yeah. so moved by your story. But you talked about how a friend invited you to youth camp.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, you thought maybe you'd find a cute girl or something there, you know, <laughs> most of us go to youth camp for some kind of hookup, right? And and you get there, I remember you were kind of showing me, you're, you're on the bus or whatever. You're sitting there listening to that pastor, like, dude, uh, you know, what do you have for yeah. me? talk to us a little bit about that then encounter you had with holy spirit yeah for sure so powerful
0: yes so when i was uh, 18 uh, going into 19 holy spirit really started pulling me in slowly Mm. i started thinking a little bit differently where um, i wanted something else and i I always felt this emptiness inside of me Mm -hmm. and this longing to feel love but i didn't know where to find it and um, i just started going into different youth groups and I would think to myself, um, well, maybe I'll find a cute girl, you know, I'll give it a try. But I, every time I would go to a church, it just felt mm. empty. Mm. Um, so I finally go to this church that's in Northridge. Um, it's called Houses of Light. And uh, the pastor made an invitation to go to a, a camp. Um, they called it a, a inner healing retreat. Mm. And so I go, uh, and it's interesting to think about it because I actually paid out of my pocket. And now when I think back, I, I would have never done that. So it's... Completely Holy Spirit influencing me yeah. to do it. And uh, I go, and yeah, that Friday, I was in the bus, and I was just thinking to myself, man, what am I doing? I could have just been getting high with my friends or something. Uh, but that Friday, the pastor begins to share a story of the blind man crying out to Jesus mm-hmm. for mercy. And he he's talking about how the blind man um, hears Jesus coming around, and the people that were following Jesus tell the blind man to shut up, pretty much, hey, just be quiet, nobody cares about you, but Jesus turned to the blind man, and he said, uh, and to the people that are following, him, he said, bring them to me, and so when I heard that story, it, I started thinking, that's very interesting, because I, I, I started feeling like I was the blind man, right, like, I, nobody cared about me, uh, I was neglected, I was rejected uh, by people my entire life, and, uh, uh, but then you have Jesus and and he says, bring them to me and I started thinking even of Christians that I've met in the past how they um, they were similar to the story. <clears throat> so I started saying, okay I wonder if Jesus was really real. I mean I don't think he's alive now you know how they claim for him to be but I wonder if he was real. So the pastor invited us to go up to the front, and he told us, okay, now I want everybody to cry out like the blind man, cry out to Jesus. So I remember getting up and thinking to myself, okay, God, if you're real, show me that you're real. If you're not, I want nothing to do with you or with this religion. And I said, Jesus. And as soon as I said that, the spirit of God just comes over me. I didn't know, I didn't, i you know, I didn't know it was Holy Spirit or anything at the time. But this, at the time, I thinking this energy coming over me, but now I know it's Holy Spirit drops me to my knees, I start weeping and crying, and as I'm weeping and crying, I start cussing in the back of my mind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm weeping, crying, and, and I feel this presence, and I'm, I'm, I'm I'm thinking, what the beep is going on, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking, I shouldn't be crying in front of all these other guys, because they're going to think I'm weak, Mm -hmm. Um, and I begin to see all these images in my mind, and it was when I was, uh, uh, four and i was gonna i mean in fourth grade i was gonna commit suicide or when i would cry by myself in the bathroom um asking why my dad was never there or when i was 12 and i was in a really bad car accident or 17 and a girlfriend that had had an abortion and i see all these uh images in my mind and at the end of it um And now I start weeping because of all the past, everything that I've been through. And I just feel like this water running through the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And I feel like this wind just coming inside of me and just taking off all this heaviness and all this junk. And I just hear a voice and the voice tells me, Alan, I've always been there with you. I have just been waiting for the moment that you will open up your heart to me. Mm. And after that, I remember I walk out, I look up to the sky and I didn't talk to anybody. I just said, "God, you're real. I give you my life." And after that, all my addictions were broken. Mm-hmm. I go back to my neighborhood. My friends are getting high in the back in, in in the back of the apartments. I go up to them, and they tell me, "Hey, you want to hit this?" And I'm like, "Nah, I found something better." His name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I just began to preach to them. And <laughs> I remember them telling me, "Bro, I think you're already high for." You know? Yeah, right. right. But yeah, uh, I'm but high yeah. on the most high. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. You know, Alan, there's a couple of things you said. I just want to talk because I think it's so important for us to hear this. Because you told about the story, and then you said how the the people were trying to quiet him. Be quiet. Yeah. Be quiet. Be quiet. You know, don't don't bother Jesus. Yeah. Don't bother Jesus. Right mm-hmm. to the paralytic, and you said that that's kind of how you felt. Christians were to you, mm-hmm. just like you know, he's he don't want you. You know, you you got you got issues. Yeah. You got issues, and it just spoke to me obviously as as a pastor, or a podcaster, an author, a Christian. Like, how many times do I push people aside because? they think I'm saying God doesn't have time for you, there's not room for you, or you're too messed up. And I was so convicted when you shared that. And so my first thing to say to us listening today, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to be the first one to be bringing the masses in. You're the first one to go after the paralytic to the blind man to the sick man to whoever it is and bring them into jesus yeah. and we become almost um, benign to people that are hurt and broken or are so religious or so self-righteous or pharisees and sadducees you know and yet it was they were the ones trying to keep him and jesus was saying no you bring him to me yeah. so thank god he's always saying no you bring them to me yeah. and i love that and i love you know, when you talked about you had those flashbacks of that fourth grade being in the tub or that time with the girlfriend and the abortion, all the brokenness and Jesus brought those flashes in your mind and you were crying out, you know, Jesus, son of David, save me. Jesus, son of David, save me. And I just want to say right now to who's ever listening, just cry out, Jesus, son of David, save me. I don't know what your brokenness is. It could be a husband that's been unfaithful. It could be a child going through an addiction. It could be the loss of a job. It could be you're struggling with your identity. Just cry out, Jesus, son of David, save me. He wants to save you and set you free. And that's why I love your story, Alan, is because it's so beautiful. It's so beautifully innocent Mm -hmm. that at the moment you were ready and you opened your heart, he was there. He was there all along, but you could not see him until you had spiritual eyes. And I just think that's such a beautiful reminder to all of us to have the eyes to see Jesus. So as we turn the next chapter, (laughs) and we'll conclude today's podcast with this, God called you into ministry. Mm-hmm. You've had ministries in high school and all. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about when you came out of um, that lifestyle and you moved into ministry and preaching. Tell us some of the things that you've been doing with your life.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, right after I got saved, I just started preaching to all my friends in my neighborhood and uh, a few of them got saved. I wish all of them, mm-hmm. you know, but a few of them got saved. Um, uh, one of them is now a pastor at another ministry mm-hmm. and another one is leading a, a, a Bible study group at a rehab center. Um, and I just remember meeting the Lord every mm-hmm. single day. I would just read my Bible and just weep in His presence. And then after that, um, after a year and a half, I, uh, I met this guy. His name is Brian Barcelona. And he invited me to, uh, he told me, hey, leave everything, move out with me, and we're mm-hmm. going to see a revival in LA. Oh. And, uh, and so I said yes to him. I, I dropped out of college. I left. I had three jobs at the time. I had a Bible study that I was leading in my neighborhood. Um, I left everything I moved with him to the valley in San Fernando Valley and uh, we just I, I will hold prayer meetings on my house maybe like Amen. three four times a week and we would just cry out for Amen. hours to God for Amen. God to move into high schools of LA Amen. and we started going to high schools and I remember going to specific high school Roosevelt High School and our first meeting we had over 400 kids mm-hmm. and more than half of them gave the life to wow. jesus wow and we just started after that going to different high schools and um our small team of like five people were going to five different high schools And every school god was doing the same thing mm-hmm. we're seeing people getting healed mm-hmm. uh people encountering Amen. the holy spirit in um, uh, every school we will be gathering like 300 every week 300 mm-hmm. 400 mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. after that the lord gave me a strategy to be able to train uh, Uh, churches to adopt high schools and within six months of doing that we were reaching 10,000 kids a week with the gospel and 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 it was happening um, all over LA and uh, yeah and and I did that for a few years the Lord called me out then Mm -hmm. I started working for Nick Vujicic Mm-hmm, and just, we love Nick. Yeah, and, and, uh, and now I'm here. And yeah.
1: so. <laughs> well, you know, Alan, and, you know, we've called this the next chapter because we all are ready at times to turn the page to the next chapter. Right. And the next chapter means new beginnings. It's a, sometimes it's a new storyline. It has bits and pieces from the last chapter, maybe same characters, same environment, but it's a new chapter. And I'm just telling you right now, God's got a new chapter for you. And He's ready for you to believe Him for new things. And Alan, right before we did this podcast, you and I were just talking in my office about what we're believing God for here in Anaheim, California. That we are believing for revival, breakthrough for our young people, for our high schools. And so I want to thank you. We are so blessed to have you on staff with us Mm -hmm. here. Um, You're going to be hearing more about Alan and his beautiful wife, Lily, as they're starting This movement here in Anaheim, California, you know I've talked about it before. Things like the Jesus Movement, um, Vineyard started here, Calvary Chapel -chapel started here in Anaheim, influenced churches in Anaheim. We believe that we have good seed on good soil, and we're going to see God work in new ways. So let me ask you right now as we conclude, what are you believing God for? What do you need to see in your next chapter? Write the vision, Habakkuk 2 says. Write it so that you know it. Believe God for new things. God is moving in a powerful way. Don't let the enemy speak lies to you. Listen with both ears. Holy Spirit is speaking. So thank you, guys. Stay tuned. I have lots more stories to come. We're going to keep talking about the next chapter of life and hearing other people's breakthroughs and victories in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks so much. And guys, I want to ask you, please, let me hear from you. Please like this. Um, You can click that little like button, and you can just let me know what you'd like me to hear, or you'd like to hear from me, what podcast you'd like me to share, YouTube videos. We appreciate you guys. Share this with someone. We love you. We look forward to being with you next time. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Alan. Thank you. God bless.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Tam Talks. You can find more resources and information at TammyHotzenPeller.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. We pray blessings and abundance over your life today. Until next time, stay safe and God bless.